This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Master Brewers Bookstore, where you can find must-have titles like the Practical Handbook for the Specialty Brewer, Beer Packaging, Conference Proceedings, and more. Visit mbaa.com store to build your brewing library and make better beer. You know, at the time at the time that you know I knew I was, you know, in trouble and you know, basically blind. Um, I went to the floor and tried to um, crawl to where I knew a safety shower was, in in hopes that I was going in the right direction. This week on the show, Keith Miller. Brewing manager at the iconic Saranac Brewery in Utica, New York, tells his story about a terrible injury in the brewery that could happen to anyone. We're also joined by Scott Milbauer from the Master Brewers Brewery Safety Committee. You'll hear about Keith's battle with blindness, as well as how to prepare for this type of accident in your brewery. Now, Keith, you had a life-changing accident in the brewery years ago. Tell us what happened. Uh, it was back in the early 90s. Um, I just started at the brewery, um, more summer help and, uh, as I was going to college. Um, when I got out of college, I said, what well, better places are to work than um, the Saranac Brewery? So I continued to um, move up in the, in the plant, um, bid for a job in a uh, filtration area, uh, received that position. And, um, you know, working some crazy, crazy shifts, as ever, as any brewer knows, um, I had a kind of an afternoon in the night shift, but being young, um, you know, kind of loved it because by the time you got out, you could, you could go out and meet your friends at nine, 10 o'clock at night. But, um, anyway, we were, um, we were cleaning a DE filter, um, uh, somewhat all contained, um, in the in the u.s filter it was a horizontal d filter and the lines were connected by um uh, our beer hoses um back back in that you know time period there wasn't a lot of automation it was uh more hard piped in combination with uh hoses connected together for a big loop that we would clean the the lines with at the end of the week um one of the lines off the filter uh, was a hard pipe line that went back into a uh, what we call our surge tank, uh, beer surge tank, to run the spray balls on that unit. And it would have to be uh, opened up while we were cleaning uh, at the end of the week. As I went to open that valve, um, the uh, hard pipe line broke open. Um, and uh, I took a bath in 
um, at that time, probably, you know, 5% caustic, uh, you know, warm caustic, at least it wasn't hot, but it was, uh, it had some, some warm temperature to it and, uh, basically just got, you know, blasted in the, um, in the face and in the entire body with a very, you know, um, a lot of, you know, liquid all at the same time. So, um, so the um, the hard pipe just broke loose at what, like a tri clamp fitting or or something different? It was at a weld, so oh, okay. um, uh, it was you know a weld that that had come to, together. Um, you know, I don't know how old the, the weld was um, or even um, you know what uh, how good the quality of weld was back then. Uh, you know, we're talking thirty years ago. Um, but the uh, the line had broken open. Um, even back at that time, the Saranac Brewery, the Matt Brewing Company, um, didn't have any um, you know safety equipment that we that we were required to wear in brewing. Um, you know, right down the safety glasses weren't required. So I took the blunt of uh, you know all that liquid right in my face, and in um, back then we wore. Uh, you know, coveralls, so in in large boots, you know, the rubber boots that went knee high. So mo- a lot of the liquid went down into my into my shoes too. So that I mean, that's how the accident happened. Um, Keith, what did you what What was your first instinct? You know, after you got that that blast of warm caustic, you know, uh, what what did you try to do first? Um. Well, the, the the thing that happened immediately was my eyes swelled up, my eyelids swelled up, and I, I could not see. Like it literally happened that fast that I was um, in the dark. I basically could not see right when that liquid hit my um, hit my face. So, um, were you alone, or was there anybody there with you? Uh, there were um, people in the plant, not many, because it was um, one of our last shifts of the week. And again, that shift was um, an odd shift, one in the afternoon till nine at night. Um, so there was a couple other guys in uh, in the brewing department itself. And then we have a uh, boiler room operator that is here 24 hours a day. So he was here too. Um, you know, at the time, at the time that, you know, I knew I was, you know, in trouble and, you know, basically blind. Um, I went to the floor and tried to um, crawl to where I knew a safety shower was in in hopes that I was going in the right direction. Um, and by some miracle, um, it, it, you know, going, you know, as chaotic as uh, what was happening, you know, was going on, I crawled uh, to where I thought the shower was and started waving my hand um, to where I thought the um, the pole um, station was. And like I say, it was a miracle. I hit it with my hand and I knew what it was, so I pulled it and um, immediately got water. Um, and then I stood up since I knew where the safety shower was and um, immediately put my eyes 
into the um, the streaming water coming out of the um, the eyewash station itself, and not just the shower. Um, you know, and and then once I got the water to him, I just you know basically started to scream to to try to get some help um, to uh, to to no avail. <laughs> um, no, nobody came running, and you know, there's we're we're a brewery where we got you know seven or eight floors, and you know nobody's on the same floor usually at the same time. So, um, I just took the chance after I got him flushed. <clears throat> I would probably say a good ten minutes, because um, I had learned that you know you you need to get the the chemical out of your eye or eyes at this point. Um, uh, and, and get them washed out good so they don't continue to uh, to burn. I uh, got back on my knees and 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 felt towards the um, to where I thought the brew house was. And so you still couldn't took, you still couldn't see anything at all at this point, right? No, no, wow. no. It was um, it's it was scary, but I knew that you know it, I got them flushed, so that's a start. And I just needed to get some help at that point, so. Um, I ended up getting to the bottom floor of the brew house and continued to yell. And, um, you know, finally one of the brewers um, had heard me and came down and put me, there's another shower close by. So we, we got to that shower, um, stood me up and continued to, um, to rinse me off. Uh, at the same time, they had called 911 to, to get the, uh, the fire department and ambulance here. Um, at, the, at that point, um, basically had to strip down because the caustic was burning my feet since I had the big rubber boots on. Um, you know, everything was being washed into the boots. Um, so just stripped down and, and took about a 10-minute shower before the, um, the emergency crew got here. And what did, what did they, when they got there, how did they treat you? Were, were they, um, you know... I assume they checked to make sure you had done all the flushing and everything, but, you know, do you remember kind of what their first steps were? Um, I, I remember that, you know, they had, you know, I could hear them talking and they said, um, you know, we're not familiar with this. We, we just need to get you to a hospital. Um, and the only thing we can do now is, is, um, continue to flush your eyes as we're en route to the hospital. So that's what they did. You know, they took the vitals, you know, my vitals and everything, and then, um, you know, continued to flush my eyes out, you know, manually uh, as we were as we were headed to the hospital. Um, and I do remember getting to the hospital, and the doctors immediately put these what felt like the biggest suction cups out in the war in the in the world on my eyeballs and continued to flush my eyes more. Um, and they also said that it was a, a serious alkali burn that they really couldn't do anything besides flush the, um, you know, flush the eyes out until I could see a specialist. Wow. And at this point, I, I imagine that you had some, some other fairly severe burns on the rest of your body too, right? Yeah. My feet were, um, were pretty bad, um. Of course, I w really wasn't worried about my feet, even though they hurt. Um, it was more that I couldn't see anything. Um, 
was was just driving me nuts but um you know that that's one thing you didn't i didn't realize once we're flushing the the caustic off my entire body that most of it was going into my boots and um you know just sitting in there so the good thing is that you know the guy's got the my you know most of my clothes off and um the boots off so you know we could continue to flush the entire body instead of just the you know the outside so what happened um after that that first um you know day in the in the er um i assume you were in the hospital for quite some time um in the hospital for a day and then they transferred me to uh syracuse to see a specialist on um alkali burns um which um i can say it now was probably the one of the best things that they could have done because they they have dealt with alkali burns um from a couple different um uh production facilities not just breweries but uh i remember somebody being in there that got um, some cleaning chemicals in his eyes um, similar to myself um uh you know it was it took about a good there was a lot of things they did but um uh mostly uh, put steroids and um, medications in my eyes to try to bring them back because the uh, corneas were were scratched in in both eyes. Um, that's what was making everything so uh, blurry that I just couldn't make out make out anything. Um, after about three months, I saw a little improvement, and um, we just continued to go the route of. Um, the eye drops and the medications through the eyes um and um eventually they uh one eye got back to 2020 one eye is uh, a little bit less than that and um you know blurry a lot and um you know i have an eye eyelid that droops pretty good um but they said if i did not you know flush my eyes for the first 10 minutes um and just stand there in the water um that i definitely would have uh would have been blind for the rest of my life wow so what was it like being blind for basically three months it was uh i would never wish that on anybody <laughs> um it was tough you know i had to have somebody living with me because um you just you you know you just can't function um you know having sight it you know one day and then nah it it um it totally changes um you know your your life it, it um it it makes you uh non um you know you, you just can't do anything by yourself and um you know between my parents and my girlfriend at the time and uh, my brother it uh it took a toll on everybody um i i i stress that uh so much with um um you know as as i worked my way up in the in the brewery and became brewing manager um one of my um, pet peeves is guys not wearing their safety gear or safety glasses and um i try to mention that story on every new hire that that we get is uh you know it's a never-ending battle to to um keep your your eyes and um you know if you lose them um it uh, it totally changes your life so and and keith how much uh work did you end up missing after all that uh i missed about a year um between everything um 
you know, I, um, the reason why I, I mean, I wanted to get back to work, uh, as, as quick as I could, but, you know, I just, even though they started to come back, everything was just a big blur and, um, you know, they were getting better, but I, I you know, it just took so long to, to get them to where I could see and read and, and, uh, you know, be able to, to work again and, you know, read a, a brew sheet. Um, so it, it took a good year and I, I still, I still have a couple checkups yearly. Um, it's ongoing cause you know, it, it could eventually get worse, um, you know, than it is right now with the cornea being scratched. It could eventually need a cornea transplant. I'm hoping I don't ever have to go that route, but, um, you know, if, if it got so bad that it was blurry all the time, I may, I may have to do it. But as of right now, um, everything's been good. And um, the only thing I have to do is uh, use some reading glasses, but I blame that on my uh, old age and not the uh, caustic. Coming up, some tips that just might save your eyesight. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. Don't miss the draft line cleaning best practices webinar January 16th. District St. Louis meets January 18th at Anheuser-Busch InBev. District New England meets in New Hampshire January 19th and 20th. The 2018 District Ontario Technical Conference is January 24th through the 26th in Niagara Falls. The District St. Paul Minneapolis Scholarship Fundraiser is January 24th at Indeed Brewing. District Northern California holds its technical conference February 2nd at Sierra Nevada and Chico. The District St. Paul Minneapolis February Meeting and Scholarship Drive is February 8th at Surly Brewing. District St. Louis meets at O'Fallon Brewery on February 18th. The Fundamentals of Cut and Stack Labeling Webinar is February 19th. District Mid-South meets at Mill Creek in Nashville March 2nd and 3rd. Districts Michigan and St. Louis both meet March 15th. And check out the speaker lineup for the 2018 Eastern Technical Conference March 23rd and 24th in Atlantic City. View the full counter of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. I, I assume when you came back, maybe everybody was wearing safety glasses. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we turned the um, entire uh, brewing department over to uh, safety glasses um uh when i came back i you know we got a little bit more deeper into it and introduced shields um face shields um so anytime anybody was using chemicals they uh, were required to use uh safety shields um boots um uh, smocks like an apron uh for the front of the guys so it it um it changed pretty quick and it's continuing to uh to change um you know, you know, we're an older brewery where a lot of the handling of chemicals was manual. Um, since um, uh, since then, and um, you know, I've, I've led up a um, safety with chemicals. And we've hard piped caustic lines into CIP pumps with um, small meters, 
So the operator, once he starts to wash the tank, he adds the right amount of caustic um, just by opening up a, a valve and, and metering the caustic in line. Uh, so he never has to carry a bucket of caustic. We've done that with, um, I think we have over 100 uh, tanks in our plant. We've done that with every single uh, CIP pump. Um, we've put curtains up in areas with... Uh, with uh, CIP solutions, uh, we've put CIP skids in, automated CIP skids in, um, metering pumps for every acid sanitizer um, that goes directly in line. Um, and then, you know, we, we've uh, required the guys to wear their uh, PPE um, and, and even gone as far as writing guys up for not wearing their PPE and, um, and, uh, you know, you know, it, we have a disciplinary um, uh, hearing on if guys are not um, can continue to not um, keep their safety gear on. Um, and like I said before, I tell my story often. If I see somebody without their right safety gear on, um, it's never it's never ending once you get hurt with like something like that. You guys made another change that is really the kind of idea that can only come from someone like you who's had the experience of scrambling around on the floor trying to find a safety shower. Tell us about that. We've um, hung down uh, ropes from the uh, safety showers uh, just for that reason. So if you do get, you know, caustic, you know, uh, in your eyes and, and you're unable to see, if you do hit the ground and, and are feeling around, you're going to hit a rope. Um, because I think that's another thing that, you know, saved me is, you know, I happened to know where the safety shower was. So I knew I was in the area, but it, it, uh, it now helps since we put the ropes down a little bit, lo you know, they're low. So if you are swinging your hand, you're going to hit the rope and then know where the system is. Uh, we've also put, and I think this is OSHA mandated now is, um, um, heaters on the water lines that go into the safety showers um I, if i can tell you any the only thing worse than getting caustic in your eyes and in on, in your boots is extremely cold water <laughs> while you're trying to rinse yourself off um and we have you know uh, uh i can't remember what what time of the year the accident happened but i remember the water being about 40 degrees so mm. um that, that added to the um the issue there's um regulations now on where these safety showers um and eye wash stations need to be I, I know they're um a little bit pricey but um uh the the workers uh, eyes and, and bodies are i think much much more important than what, what we pay for these um and and you know explain you know i want every you know everybody out there not just breweries but you know look where these safety showers are nobody ever thinks they're going to need one and um it can happen like it happened to me like in a split second i was blind and you know if, if i didn't realize where that safety shower was i i'd probably still be blind um so and then suggest where they should be i mean we've had we've had guys now saying hey you know we we have a new CIP system. We should have a safety shower there, and then we investigate it and um, usually put one in that area. Um, into the 10-second rule, uh, as Scott said, um, 
it, it makes all the difference because the the quicker you can get your eyes flushed out, the uh, the better chance you have of uh, uh, resuming able to uh, to see. So I think those couple things were um, were good that we've done with the showers. I think what came out of the accident too is just the um, looking outside the box. As in, you know, should we have uh, more safety curtains around the CIP skids, which we do now, um, just in case there is a leak. Nobody knows that uh, a valve's not going to leak or a hose is going to, you know, come undone or the hard pipe is going to spring a leak in it. Um, so we now try to isolate all of our CIP skids in, in big curtains. So if there is an issue where a slight glass breaks, uh, we've had that happen before too. Um, we then, you know, are uh, protect, the guys are protected from getting, um, you know, chemicals on them. So just if you look at your brewery, you walk through your brewery and just look at what could happen, I think everybody would be surprised on uh, some improvements that they could make that are, um, I'll call inexpensive to um, somebody's site or, a, or an injury. Well, Keith and I have another friend here with us today. Scott, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Scott Milbauer. I'm a certified safety professional, and I help out the brewery in Utica, New York, with their health and safety programs. You know, you're part of the Master Brewers Brewery Safety Committee. Uh, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that. Why don't you tell listeners about the committee and and what it does? Uh, well. Actually, I just stepped up to be in the assistant on that. And what we we do is come out with toolbox talks that everybody can access on the website. We also, um, last year, we wrote up a safety data sheet for beer. And part of the reason we did that was because the brewery sends beer overseas and somebody has to package it when it gets there. And so we've offered that up as something that breweries can utilize. And we also get involved in um, well, we're, these podcasts, which I think is a very good thing to do. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. Now, what perspective would you like to share in regards to Keith's injury? The type of injury that happened to Keith can happen within 10 seconds. OSHA measures how far away the eyewash station and shower is, and it's 50 feet. There's nothing magical about 49 feet as opposed to 51. It's the 10 seconds that matters the most. Now, speaking to pH, water in Utica is about 6 to 8. You go up. 10 is milk and magnesia. And the reason you take that is, is to settle the stomach. Ammonia is an 11. And the thing you have to understand is that from 10 to 11, 11 is 10 times worse than 10. Lime water is a 12. And that's 10 times worse than an 11. When you go to the other end, which is acidic, Coffee is a five, wine's a four, vinegar is a three, lemon juice is a two, 
and your stomach acid is, is a little under two. So that is very dangerous because when you get a caustic burn to the skin, it gets leathery, it's yellowish, it's soapy, and it's soft. When you get an acid burn, it 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 kind of um, does the same type of damage, but it's not leathery. It's more like you got a awful sunburn that never goes away, and it, the only way to fix it is to graft skin. So, a lot of people don't understand that when you flush your eyes, you need to do it for a minimum of 15 minutes. Matter of fact, what's better is to do it until the pros get there. Because you have to open your eyelids, you have to move your eyes around, and you you have to stick your face into 60 to 90 degree water. And how do you think 60 degree water would be? That, that would be not painful, but you wouldn't like it. Notice what happened to Keith when he got taken to the hospital, or even on the way to the hospital, they were flushing his eyes. Because water, in this case, is the solution to fixing it. One of the common fallacies in the brewery is if you get some caustic on you, just pour a little beer on it. The trouble with that is beer has different pHs, and what's the caustic? Now, Keith said it was 5% solution. That fundamentally does not change the pH. The pH is still what it is. I have a 25,000-gallon pool. In order to take a 55-gallon drum down from a 12.8, I'd have to use almost all the water in the pool. And so even when it's a percentage solution, it's still going to be bad. And so you have to wear safety glasses with the face shield because you can have splashing occur. And if people don't take caustic or acidic seriously, they have the potential to have what happened to Keith. Scott, would you like to comment more on the different types of safety glasses, for example, uh, the safety glasses that are meant to protect from impact versus chemical splashing. Well, yeah, some, one thing I point out in classes is that 90% of the people who have an eye injury were not wearing safety glasses. And whenever you hear a statistic, you should look at it from the other angle. That means 10% of them that had an eye injury were wearing safety glasses. So how come they got hurt? Well, because they were wearing the wrong type. Or they put their fingers up underneath and rubbed their eye. Or they lifted them up so they could read something. So you have to understand that a, a wraparound's the best type. If you wear glasses, you're probably better with goggles splash-proof goggles. So it kind of depends on, on whether you're wearing glasses, whether you're wearing tight-fitting safety glasses. 
If you're wearing tight fitting, you're good to go under a shield. If you're wearing goggles, you're good to go under a shield. Scott, I think you wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, heating water for eyewash stations, right? What Keith was talking about with heated water for the eyewash, it's something that OSHA has allowed. They've said that it's okay to use on-demand hot water heaters to provide that water. Because what happens is a lot of times they use mixing valves, trying to get the hot and the cold together and get it to a, a proper temperature like 70 degrees, 80 degrees. And the trouble is that uh, if you have hard water, they end up calcifying up and you end up replacing them a lot. But having an on-demand hot water tank means that you can just keep pumping that water and it gets to the right temperature. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. And thanks a lot, Keith, for reliving that painful experience with us. Yeah, I, I relive it every uh, <clears throat> every uh, year, at least one time when I have to go to Syracuse for a checkup and uh, and count my blessings after that. So it, uh, if I can pass anything on to the, any brewers out there or even, you know, brewery owners to, to look at, you know, some some little extra backup safety uh, showers and and such, um, I it. It, it is definitely worth uh, reliving for that. That was Keith Miller and Scott Milbauer here on the Master Brewers podcast. And don't forget, all of the brewery safety resources we mentioned earlier are free and available to the public at mbaa.com slash brew resources slash brew safety. 130 years ago, Master Brewers was built on the concept of brewers helping each other out so we could all make the best possible beer. That's still true to this day, and it's where a lot of the camaraderie in this industry originated. Master Brewers' award-winning Ask the Brewmasters is the best place to go for troubleshooting, where you'll find the industry's only discussion forum that's moderated for technical accuracy by a team of experts. See what everyone else is talking about, at community.mbaa.com. United, we brew. Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I can't get stuck, I can't be loose.